Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges and walk the walk for change across the entire industry. I'm super excited today because I've got the powerhouse, Joanne Duarte, the CEO of Global Processing Services, GPS, a payments technology provider that has been powering the payments revolution. Um, she's not only a fintech advisor or financial inclusion activist, she has also recently been shortlisted for the Payments Power 10 um, as part of this year's Pay Expo. So congratulations for all of that. Thank you very much for joining us, Joanne. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm delighted to come spend some time with quite you. Quite a big, <laughs> big intro, <laughs> and I'm sure I haven't even scratched the surface. So I'm really excited to have you on board. It would be great if you could tell us, just to, to open up a little bit more about your current role, and then we can go into all the other bits after that. Yeah, I guess to start with, I'll explain what GPS actually does, because right. it's a hidden company within the payments ecosystem. It, we describe it as the tech behind the tech. Okay. So very often there are um, big name brands uh, such as Revolut, such as Starling Bank, that are taking credit for actually the work we're doing behind the scenes. Right. So for example, for both of those companies, we're providing the link between uh, that company and the scheme, Visa or MasterCard, yeah. to be able to to process uh, each transaction to make the decision as to whether the authorization should uh, pass or fail yeah. and also all of the the buttons and swipes on their apps to be able to choose whether to uh, turn a, a feature on or off to mm -hmm. allow payments econ payments or payments overseas is all api calls into our platform so the brains behind it all well it's it's interesting that the way the ecosystem works we sit behind the big name brands. They've mm. got the big uh, VC money, the big mm. marketing spend, but we are sort of quietly sitting behind powering their, um, their, their platforms. And it's not just them, we've got um, 100, uh, 150 fintechs uh, across, across yeah. Europe and increasingly globally. Um, we went uh, live just at the beginning of this week with a, uh, a fintech challenger bank uh, called uh, Zinja in Australia. Oh, amazing. So uh, we, we're currently uh, putting the G in GPS, I describe it. Yeah, I love that. Uh, we are, we're increasing our, our global capabilities. We've just opened an office in uh, Singapore and in the process of opening offices in uh, Australia and also Dubai, where I'm heading next week. Oh, wow, so loads and loads are happening right now. Lot, lots happening. So to, to, to describe my role, I'm, yeah. I'm now CEO, so, um, so I run the whole thing. Um, I've actually been in the company six years and yeah. um, I've worked my way up. I actually came into the company to run the onboarding team, the implementations team. Amazing. And uh, from there, took on the wider remit of uh, operating officer. Yeah. And uh, from there, became uh, CEO last year. Well, congratulations. Um, there's a big smile when you said, and I'm off to Dubai. So I think that the G and GPS is definitely a bit that you, you must really enjoy. It's, it's really fun. Um, yeah. You know, we have uh, a huge number of opportunities everywhere we look. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I've... Uh, 
progressed with the mantra scaling sensibly because the most important thing for us as we grow at the moment is to make sure we make the right strategic decisions to not bite off more than we can chew yeah. um, and uh, make sure that we uh, invest in our technology platform and um, and grow the right teams in the right order to mm. make the growth uh, sustainable. Yeah, and I think also on that progression side, it's great to, to hear the role that you came in as and, and, and what you've done and now in charge of the whole thing. I think um, whenever I hear stories like that, you know, as a recruiter, it's, it's great to hear because I want people, whenever they join companies, I want them to have options and I want them to be able to grow and I want them to stick. Mm. You know, I want them to be able to stick at something and fall in love with a company brand or product. So it's um, a great story to share. Sure. And I think the, the truth behind that piece is that actually, um, and, and this is why it's an interesting story to, to share with your audience, is I had had uh, you know, quite a, a big career actually in, in consulting and project and mm -hmm. program management. Um, and I took a number of years off to raise my family. And uh, whilst my, my husband continued with, with his career, we really struggled to maintain two big jobs in parallel. And I actually found that as I took the time out of work, my confidence was really diminished. It was really mm -hmm. shot. So actually, I needed to come back into the workplace in a smaller role than I had had previously in order to regain that confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, having been in a nurturing environment that supported that, actually when, once I had rebuilt the confidence, I was able to actually mm. progress very quickly. It's amazing what, yeah, what people can do in their careers if they're in the right environment. Um, and it's, uh, it's responding to the needs that you have, have right then in, in, in the time of your life. Um, so I absolutely love that, that story. Um, moving on to um, this uh, Payments Power 10, I'd love to hear more about that. And I know that the audience will want to hear. It's great that you've been shortlisted for it. Um, and I know that it's happening um, over the course of this week. So if you could tell us about it, that'd be great. Yeah, no, exactly. The, the Payments Power 10 is, is there to, to recognise the uh, influential and, and key characters within the industry. And for me, it's a, it's a personal win even being listed on the shortlist because it's the first time for me that I've been recognised among the, the big boys as yeah. opposed to just being recognised as the, the women in payments or mm. the, um, the, the, the payments, European payments women of the year or those kind mm. of payments women list. Mm. Um, and, and whilst those are all really important and equally you know, the, the, the speaking opportunities to, uh, around uh, gender and diversity are really important. Mm. It's actually even more important to then uh, sort of make that jump to actually be uh, seen to be on an equal footing. Mm. Um, I've historically always within the company been the person that's in the background doing all the work whilst other people are uh, being the front of house yeah. and um, and getting all the the attention, uh, and that's been the case for for a number of years. And so to have got to that point that I am actually being recognised is lovely. I still feel 
ever so awkward actually going out there and saying, actually, please vote for me, because it's something that just doesn't come naturally to yeah, me. But uh, it, it's lovely to have got on that list in the first place. But if I, I made the, the Power 10, that's yeah, even better it's, still. It's so great. And I tell you what, I, I can definitely go out there and say, everyone, please vote for Joanne. So I've got no qualms about that. But exactly. Congratulations for making the list. And, and what you said massively resonates with me. I think um, EWPN, where, where we actually met the European Women's Payment Network, they do a fantastic job. And all the other organisations that have that have created their own uh, power lists or or top tens are, are great for raising awareness um, for gen for gender diversity for diversity and inclusion in general. Um, but I I massively understand where you're coming from. Um, that is to to help a group of people that haven't necessarily been um, been recognised in the past. But actually, for me, it's a stepping stone to. The world of equality. Yep. So I love the fact that, yeah. that yeah, that you're there and recognised. Another for it. another way in in which things like the uh, EWPN or also uh, the Emerging Payments Associations uh, Women in Payments uh, Network has been so important for me is providing the opportunities for smaller speaker slots. Knowing that I absolutely know the topic because we're talking about sort of gender mm. and gender inequality and, and what I'm doing and, mm. you know, no one can argue with that. And, and speaking to a, what I know to be a safe and supportive audience. And through, throughout the, the past year, I've, I've taken on a number of opportunities to use mm. those uh, speaking slots as a way of me building confidence speaking. So before last December, I hadn't done any speaking at all. It's something that I had completely shied away from yeah. and let other people do. You never do. know, because I, I listened and to you at, in Amsterdam at that conference and I thought you were fantastic. Well, it was, thank you, but you know, that was, uh, that was the first time I'd actually stood up yeah. by myself. Prior to that, it had been panel sessions and mm. that kind of thing, where you feel you've got a few comrades with yes, you and you're not going to be too un un on the spot. And that's now led me to, actually, at Pay Expo, I'm on main stage speaking about Challenger Banks. And, and I feel that I've got that confidence and I've built the confidence through the opportunities of speaking in the nurturing environments. Yeah. The, the, that the, the camaraderie of, of, yeah. the, of the women in type environments really sports. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll tag EWPN to this podcast as well. So thank you, EWPN, because they gave me the opportunity to speak as well. And I, I, that, I cannot agree with you more yeah. um, because it is such a, a nurturing, caring environment where you do feel safe and actually you can, you can um, practice... Practice practicing your confidence. Actually, I think is, is an important thing. And the Emerging Payments Association is doing great work mm. in this area as well. Yeah, yeah, great to mention them too. So, um, financial inclusion is really important to you. Um, I'd, I'd love it if you could share a bit more about your personal mission around that. So, um, this uh, again links to um, an initiative that was born out of the the Emerging Payments Association. Um, which uh, sought to uh, recognise that uh, there are one and a half million people in the UK even that are financially excluded in some shape or form. They do not have access to mm. uh, payments capabilities. And um, there's a recognition that we can do a lot as an industry, as an ecosystem, to be able to um, provide those capabilities and mm -hmm. to signpost what actually exists. Um, Global Processing Services as an organisation, um, has we have been supporting the types of client, types of product 
that are genuinely suited to people that can't get bank accounts. So we're able to uh, support uh, what's called uh, agency banking or banking light, which adds a sort code and account number to a prepaid card. Amazing. So uh, with, uh, and, and some of those products can be a lot more supportive because uh, then the, uh, the cardholder can't go overdrawn, the, the fees are totally transparent, yeah. you know, if they exist at all, and um, it's a, a much more inclusive product. Mm. However, at the same time, financial inclusivity as a phrase has become a buzzword that every company and product is trying to apply to themselves in order to, uh, you know, meet CSR uh, credentials or to appeal to a wider audience. And therefore, the, the bodies uh, such as the charities or the Job Seeker uh, Centre Plus or the Citizens Advisory Bureau are, com are at a complete loss to know how to safely recommend or um, you know, recognise which products are genuinely financially inclusive. So uh, through the through work with the uh, EPA, uh, we we had set up a um, something called in, uh, inclusion signpost, uh, and signpost now, which is a it's firstly a um, an, an accreditation system, so that we can identify products that genuinely meet the criteria of being financially inclusive. Yeah. And we're doing this not just as an industry body, it's with the uh, Department of Work and Pensions, it's wow. with Guy Opperman, the Minister for Financial Inclusion, wow. uh, it's with uh, Baroness Buscombe, it's, it's got a lot of support from a lot, a lot of circles. There's a lot of weight behind it. Yeah. And so we, we launched a, um, effectively a kite mark to be able to say, uh, with, with a judging panel, to be able to recognise products that are genuinely financially inclusive. So that's step one. And that was mm. uh, announced at the Emerging Payments Awards mm. um, uh, last October. Uh, step two is then to uh, have a, um, effectively like a comparison website, something that uh, the bodies right. like the money charity can point people towards to be able to say, oh, and, and, and this will I, this signposting um, website will help you identify which products may be uh, uh, suitable for you because financial, the financially inclusive is what, not one body of people. It's all sorts of different pockets of people with different needs mm. um, and therefore there's not one shape that fits all but it's exactly where fintech has been able to create niche solutions and bring mm. those to market in the way that mainstream organizations yeah. can't. So actually pulling these pieces and stitching them together in this way is, is something that you know we're working on as part of the ecosystem and industry and super excited about. Yeah. So the latest part of that is that it's now moved into, um, it's been sort of spun out of the EPA and, and become a, a charitable body, the Inclusion Foundation. Well, um, and we're I, taking it forward from there. And I I'm super excited yeah, about it. Yeah, of course you are. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And I think you, you mentioned for a second there that you know, there's so many people that are doing it and they're doing it for CSR reasons or, or to tick a box. And wow, I mean, the way that you've just explained that, you're doing it for the right reasons. It's accredited, it's respected, and it's actually going to do what it's supposed to do. And that's sort, sort out a problem that we have mm. um, at the moment and help people. 
Yeah. I, I think that's I think that's fantastic. It's great that you're doing that. Um, so when I first met you, it was at the EWPN conference, and, mm -hmm. and you stood up and you, and you did a fantastic talk, and and you shared stories. Um, yeah. And um, and actually, um, what the way you spoke. Um, it was an inspiration for me, um, and if anyone who listens to this regularly knows that at the beginning of any one of my podcasts, I'll always say, walk the walk for change, because your, your talk was actually actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. And it got me thinking, because I spent a lot of my life meeting companies in the city that want to progress forward with their diversity policies, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Yes. Um, and I really enjoyed your storytelling, and that's, as I said, really helped me start this podcast series and get people to tell stories. So I wondered if you wanted to share any of your stories um, of where you've embraced, embraced who you are to allow you to become who you are today with the audience. So, yeah, there's lots of stories that, that I could share. I think... Uh, one of the key themes of, of the talk I gave uh, in Amsterdam was that um, in order to actually achieve the, the diversity and inclusion, um, sometimes you have to conform in order to be accepted, in order to be able to be part of that crowd that you need to change. Mm. And you know, there are occasions where you need to do that and you need to not feel guilty about doing that. Mm. Um, but the key thing is once you've then, you know, become part of that group, then make sure that you, uh, you know, your, your bud flowers and you make sure mm. that you make that change mm. uh, to be able to open the door for, for those coming up uh, underneath and around you. Um, so, and a couple of the examples I used were of things I've done wrong as much as of, of things I've done right, because I described um, right at the back, at the beginning of my consulting career, um, my very first uh, appraisal, I was uh, almost berated for doing well by, by the, the partner at the time said, well, if, if the, your manager really meant to give you these grades and didn't just think you were going to burst into tears if you, if you, uh, <laughs> if you did anything <laughs> less. And it, instead of challenging that as a, um, uh, as a 21, 22-year-old, I just got angry and I wanted to be seen for what I could do, not what I looked like. Yeah. And in fact, I, I spent the next seven years, or 10 years even probably, um, wearing trouser suits, my hair was in a bun, I didn't wear makeup, um, I didn't wear jewellery. I wanted to be taken seriously for mm. what I was saying and not what I looked like. Yeah. Now, that might have achieved a tick for, you know, women in, you know, senior manager positions, but I wasn't acting as a woman, so I hadn't yeah. actually done anything that helped anyone else. Um, and, but, and so one of the things that I've been, you know, I've done this time around is, you know, you'll always find me in something colourful. I generally wear uh, dresses rather than uh, trouser suits and I enjoy being a woman. Yeah. And I want to make a point of being a woman as opposed to hiding away from the fact uh, that, that I'm a woman. So, mm. yeah, that was one example that when I when I look back yeah actually um, you know it was important equally um, you know I'm now sat as, as CEO and I'm sat on a board I'm the only 
uh, female director of the company, as I mean, I guess you uh, unfortunately we come to expect. Um, and, and in that environment, I've learnt that I need to have a voice that is not my natural voice in order to be heard. Yeah. So, you know, I really need to have the uh, the thump the table, uh, you know, uh, what feels to me quite an a, a aggressive stance, whether whether it's actually in the boardroom or if it's in my style of written communication, I have to hit really hard to be heard. Yeah. So, so I've learned in, you know, that's how to get my point across. But what's super important now is that I educate our board how they need to hear other people to make sure that we do create that progression mm. for other people to, you know, particularly um, females or, or, or those of different character sets. Absolutely. Because yeah. one of the things that I, I'm really passionate about is whilst women at the moment do have the mic, you know, in this new mm. sort of Me Too era, you know, mm. there is a focus and there is uh, a, a recognition that, that women do need to be listened to. I recognise that I've got a responsibility at the moment to not just speak on behalf of women and get the female quotas right or whatever it is we're trying to address, but actually I'm passionate about addressing the root causes of you know, the, the lack of diversity in its wider sense. Yep. The, in the sense that is visible but also non-visible. The, mm. the diversity may be in, in mental health, the diversity in terms of um, you know, things that, that you can't see. And the way to address that is in addressing the mechanisms by which we recruit, by which we um, totally performance agree. assess, by which we promote. Mm. And that I've got the the full support of um, you know my lovely uh, people team, um, the full support of uh, of my executive team, and we're all driving in that direction, and we're mm. really enjoying the the fruits of our labours in that way. Well, I I think that's absolutely great. I, I love the stories that you shared there, and and also what you're doing right now at the moment. And and I agree, it is a responsibility. It's a responsibility to us all, people that are listening. It, it, it's so important that we're thinking about how we communicate, how we're heard. And I really relate to that thumping on the table. So I do a weird sort of like lean in thing, like in a board meeting, so that I can I can get heard. Because I again, I don't feel necessarily comfortable with you know smashing my hands on the table or or starting to talk over others I, I my natural is to wait and if you wait in the board meeting when well, the point's gone it's over we've moved on to the next so that's been really helpful for me and I hope to everyone listening as well um, so thank you so much for for all your stories and everything that you shared probably for my last question it'd be really good to hear what's next on the horizon for you I know it's the uh, payments power 10 that's what we're really thinking about this week is part of the pay expo but um further than that um, we've got so much going on at yeah. the moment. I don't really know where to focus. Um, no, we've got the the Pay Expo. Um, I'm actually speaking three times at that. Once oh, on wow. the Challenger Banks. I'm on a on a, a, pan, a, a panel to do with the future of Challenger Banks. Amazing. Uh, together with Starling and Monzo and Tandem and Revolut. So that's going to be a really interesting panel session. There's also a panel session on uh, diversity inclusion on the Wednesday. Okay. 
Um, we are, uh, the, the big event for us as an organisation is that we're launching in Asia Pac at the uh, FinTech Festival in November. Oh, so yay. we've got a lot of interest in that. So yeah, um, I'll be there too at the FinTech Festival. I will see you time. there. <laughs> yeah, definitely see you there. So everyone, thank you very much for listening to um, Joanne's story. Joanne, thank you so much for joining us. I love everything that you've said today and I think it's going to really help everyone that's listening. So. Thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. My pleasure. Thanks, everyone.